0: in Your eye, Candyland appears each time you smile.
1: Never thought that fairy tales came true, but they come
0: true when I'm near you. Back and look in the sky, see the CD sky news. He's a girl's best friend. I guess my best friend is a diamond because he's my girl's best friend. it same dog is a man's best friend. I guess my bitch has a diamond flea collar necklace. Life is Tetris. You gotta find the best fit. Mistakes build up so much there's no exit. Get it? Uh. Uh.
1: Charles Hamilton joins me this week to talk about a get for the podcast. If you're a fan of production, if you're a fan of that, that genre bending real hip-hop then you're gonna know my next guest and it's easy to forget that when he landed on the XXL selection Hamilton was only 22 years old and since then he's crossed paths with Lionel Richie Eminem Kanye he's put out a hundred mixtapes record deals and I'm lucky enough to sit down and have a nice chat and he delivers some heat at the end of the conversation Visit com and also visit charles-hamilton.myshopify.com And be sure to cop that 10th anniversary vinyl of the Pink Lava Lamp Hundred Bones gets you the pink, silky smooth wax of one of the best mixtapes of all time And did you hear the opening of this podcast? That was one of the samples flipped The guy is a genius Welcome to episode 11 of Bedroom Beethoven's Please, if you like what we're doing, if you enjoy what the podcast represents and what I'm doing, subscribe, leave a five-star review, Uh, just keep supporting me, and it doesn't fall on deaf ears, I appreciate it. Keep the tweets coming, keep the Instagram followers coming, and um, I actually created a a Spotify playlist, Uh, you can subscribe to that, basically anyone who's ever been on the podcast they get uh, a track. And, you know, over time, we're just going to build this massive playlist of great music. I'm your host, Cello, and... It's the Bedroom Beethoven Podcast. Your, uh, is this your first podcast? Uh technically it is, yeah. Ooh. That's a that's a win, man. Thanks so much for making time. No problem. Cool, man. Well, uh, first off, how are you feeling in 2019? How are things going with you?
0: Uh focused. Focused. You know, there, there's really no
1: other way to, to put it.
0: You know, I'm um, creatively, um, leaps and bounds, you know. Um, it, it's pretty much up to me whether I want to be more social, but I'm, I'm, I exist and in my existence is my creativity. So I really don't have enough time for, you know, too much of the, the social aspect of things, unless it's like, you know,
1: meetings or performances, you know? Well, you're, for me, you're, you're one of the only MCs where if you wrote a book, I think I, I'd read it first and foremost. I, I respect your philosophy. I remember listening to choices uh when it first came out and it was one of the first songs that really made me like stop in my tracks and pay attention to the lyrics and I at the time I had like a piecemeal idea of what the song was about, but then I concluded like the song was like melancholy and it had some sadness in it. And then I realized like, oh, you know, I can listen to hip hop. I don't have to enjoy it. I don't necessarily have to bob my head and catch a vibe. I can listen to a story, learn from it, learn from the POV of someone else and learn about their message. And that kind of started the path of me following your music and respecting your point of view and your intelligence. I appreciate it. Yeah, and uh, I I think a lot of people talk about, you know, the the early 2000s, and that's all very well documented. So what I wanted to kind of start out with is your your upbringing and your childhood because the samples that you use from – from like the OJs to the spinners that, that had to have come from an influence of someone playing that music when you were young, because you're my age and you don't really see too many producers or MCs kind of using those samples. Absolutely.
0: Um, you know,
1: my my, my pops was, my, my dad was
0: into Yes and uh, Jimi Hendrix, and my mom was into Marvin Gaye and Chaka Khan, but what they had in common was Parliament Funkadelic. So you know, I used to watch my mom sing in the living room, and I used to sit with my dad as he would drink beer and listen to. Yes, I I had music I enjoyed on my own, but I I tapped into what they listened to, uh, both mentally emotionally, if you will. Some you know the songwriting back in those days, you know what was considered pop back then was actually heavy 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 songwriting. And uh, growing up, I watched the songwriting quality decline. So I you know, kind of withdrew myself even deeper into uh, what, what's, what's considered retro. Like I said, um, a lot of rock, you know, I, I love Led Zeppelin. Um, but, you know, in, in what was common back then, uh, growing up was like Criss Cross, Moni Love, um, Public Enemy. Uh, I, my babysitter was a big uh, New Kids on the Block fan. So, you know, I, I grew to respect them. Um, you know, hip hop was was pretty primary. You know, Pearl Jam, definitely, Nirvana, yeah. Nine Inch Nails. You know, but uh, with me, as far as growing up a musician and you know finding my own path, you know, really was listening to sounds. Like I don't, I'm sure you've heard an Angel's Aneurysm, uh, Pleasant Overthinking too. Like I literally would listen to sounds all day. So. Um, by the time Sonic the Hedgehog came out, I was reading. Um, I'm not sure if it's National National Geographic or something. And I, the irony of when I learned, um, actually, I learned about Sonic from the uh, from the appliances from Panasonic, and I was like, okay, like the, I, I put a lot of things together. By the time um, I realized Sonic and Panasonic were somehow related. Go figure. But I was like, what is Sonic? Like, it, like it just drove me crazy. I, I don't know. It just it sparked something in me. And then once I put the connection to Sonic and sound and my first interaction with Sonic, it was like, I just felt in love. Like, you know, every kid loved Bugs Bunny. Every, you know, the, the, some, some things everybody connected to. But like, yeah, I love Bugs. I adore the Pink Panther. But Sonic the Hedgehog was just literally, he looked like how I felt. Not just blue, but just like, man, like I'm here. I already know I'm gonna face pain, but you know, I I don't have no choice but to submit control to whoever is looking at me doing what I do. You know, so a part of loving Sonic is accepting the fact it's up to you to keep them safe. You know, as the as the player. So, I mean, I connected with Sonic, and then uh, we moved from you know, a, a lot of personal stuff happened talked about in the documentary. And uh, we moved to New York and it isn't as friendly in New York as it was in Ohio. I had a couple fights. You know, I tried to keep quiet, stayed to myself, but my mom got me into acting. Being a part of, you know, actors and I guess you would say high society would boost the self-esteem, but then going back home to Harlem or wherever I was at at the time, like I moved from Cleveland to Queens, Queens to Harlem, Harlem to Brooklyn, Brooklyn to the Bronx. And then I was on my own. Realizing that um I can't be as friendly, I still couldn't help myself but you know stop and say hi to people in the street, you know talking in class and all this stuff, and after a while, like me naturally being who I am became the reason why I would go through some of the shit I went through, so I got more withdrawn, and then I got put into it's bad enough I lived in the hood in Harlem I got put into a Catholic school in Harlem, so it was like, oh, man, I was withdrawn and then Eminem came out. And when Eminem came out, that kind of shaped, you know, who I am. And the older I got, the more I connected uh, Eminem's don't give a fuck attitude to Sonic's attitude, period. That's how I molded myself. And uh, as I said earlier, like I've, I've always been playing music and I've always loved sounds. So, I mean, it, it was just like a natural progression for me.
1: Well, why did you move around so much? Because they say if you, you can make it in New York, you can make it anywhere. And it, it seems you went from, like, Queens, Harlem, Brooklyn, Bronx. You saw so many different sides of New yeah. York. What was kind of your takeaway from that?
0: Survive, you know, like straight up survive. That, that's all I could do, you know. Like I, did, <laughs> Being in New York, you know, the person put their arm around you and say, yo, you know, sell you a dream. And whether you down on your luck or, or just having a regular day, somebody say you the right dream, you end up stripped of everything you got. So, like I, you know, I don't want to say I put up a front, but I stayed focused, tunnel vision. You know, for like, you know, the irony, but straight up tunnel vision. Like I don't want to get caught up in some shit that um, I can't get back home for. You know, as badly as I wanted to run away, kind of being spoiled, there was nothing for me. You know, like. If you run away in New York, you eventually have to deal with a New York winter. So if you don't have somewhere to go and, and you don't get along with your parents and, you know, it's after the system and you in the streets, just be prepared for wintertime. The winter in New York is no joke. You learn how to grin and bear and take things, be it at face value or dealing with stuff, you know, for the sake of survival. And um, you just have to promise yourself you'll do, you'll make it up to yourself and work as hard as you can. You got to find what you love and work as hard as you can to be the greatest. You know, I stop myself short of saying I am the master of music because, you know, I the the, the further I go musically, creatively, professionally, I look back and
1: somebody's like tapping a foot just like Sonic. Like, I beat you here. Yeah. One thing that bothers me about like writers and stuff is they, they tend to think it's illegitimate if you reveal that you were inspired by someone else and they have this false Ethic of originality, and I love how open musicians are about the fact that creativity is a collective enterprise. And for you, where does the beat process start, or picking a sample? Is it is it like a feeling that you can reimagine elements of the song with your own distinct touch? Because I was listening to, I think it was like Wishbone's Horseshoes and Basketball, and I know we got to be the same age because kids these days they don't know about that Wayne Wonder sample you freaked, and I love stuff like that.
0: Found the cure to empty heart syndrome, but it's really hard with these pretty bars drifting. I never seen you forced to believe. Blessed enough, so what more to believe? You the reason why I'm scorching this beast. So the whores and the tees ain't important to me. A warm heart that was forced to be colder. The force on my shoulder is a four leaf clover.
1: Because you're able to approach records most people either wouldn't touch or think of, and just be yourself on.
0: You would have to be in the studio with me or be around me when I make a beat in order for me to break it down. I, I have a process. It, it, it all is connected to the song, the project and everything I've ever recorded. It's all related. It's all connected.
1: Well, in 08-09, in, uh, I, I heard that you dropped more critically acclaimed music than 95% of your label roster. And I wanted to go into the weeds with that a bit, because first off what is critically acclaimed? Because acclaim doesn't always equal dollar signs and that doesn't necessarily translate into sales. And number two, do record labels even care about acclaim? Well, here's a misconception.
0: Stone's Throw is the home of at least two or three of the most critically acclaimed hip hop musicians of all time, yet they're considered underground. Interscope is one of the biggest labels ever. I mean, it's like a mainstream Motown. But because they're Interscope and because their records, you know, when they're pushed all over the place, they, they, there's almost no time to listen to an album from Interscope because you're already expecting, you know, fireworks to come out of whatever you're listening to the CD because it's Interscope. But... The same drive and ingenuity that goes into a Georgia Ann Muldrow record goes into a Carrie Hilson record. So, I mean, you 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 just have to have an open mind and a clear palate, and it's an acquired taste. You know, like when you when you realize how pop some things could be, it's like, oh boy, I want to hear this shit. But Madlib's sound, he make he made that sound. You know what I'm saying? So. Um the, the work that goes into a will I am project is is not to be seen as um, greater or lesser than a Madlib project, but Madlib damn near owns the West Coast and Interscope is on the west coast. and if you get signed to Interscope, people are going they, they automatically get jealous, but guaranteed 750,000 people will be interested in your project off the rip. Uh, Rolling Stone, Spin, The Fader, The Source, Double XL, you know, major publications pretty much placed me as the standard of modern hip hop at that time. You know, that's phenomenal to me, but, you know, fans are like, oh, he's putting out too much music at once, and, and you know, just basically nitpicking at stuff. So it's like, well, the critics know. So. Fans, if you're sure you want me to, you know, make an overture, you know what I'm saying? Like, let me know. Because, you know, I I get easily offended because music is, I I refuse to be a jack of all trades. Like, I I can do a lot, but music is definitely my, my chosen art. So when people say, oh, he needs to sit down, do this, that, and the third, you don't know how much went into a song. You don't know what went into a day of which I made such a song. You don't know what what isn't known is what could disable them from wanting to insult anything I do creatively. So I just I feel as though being critically acclaimed could translate
1: into dollars and cents if you're aware of who's reading the article. Yeah, I think the appreciation for that is lost in current music because so many things get popular. But like I said, nobody knows who the artist is, especially in rap or something gets popular this week, and next week it's some guy who sounds like that guy, and there's no distinction. Like, for me, and I'm not hating on anybody, but I feel like Travis Scott sounds like Future, et cetera, et cetera. Did you have an appreciation for that aspect before you got into music? Like, it was always about being original and distinctive. With
0: I mean, I for me, uh, I r- remember I'm a I'm a keyboardist, a pianist. I was up on Glonia's Monk, Chick Corea. Herbie Hancock, um, Sun Ra, and I understood what they were doing. But the more they got more, ex- dare I say, experimental, the less people were listening. So where I was at on the keys, you know, and I was getting lessons, where I was at on the keys, I was like, okay,
1: nobody's gonna get this. Are you talking about like the the fusion jazz uh, that period? No, I'm
0: talking about I'm talking about like abstract jazz. You know, like the 15 minute version of Watermelon Man, uh, 20 minute version of Cantaloupe Island. Like uh, what I'm into, you know, people would not understand, would look at funny, and it's like not like th- th- you know there's there's like a musician's creed. So I, I kind of don't want to. Go into that unless you are a musician. And if you are, then I don't have to explain. This is how I can communicate what it's like being the white boy of the block by rapping. And the only time they saw another side on my block on Broadway was when they actually had a piano outside, and I played the piano, and the whole block was standing there, and they all got it. And like I like that that could only be divine intervention, you know. So um, yeah, you, you can't bring a piano everywhere, but just like the hardcore championship, somebody asks if you can spit drop bars. You know, like I, I never duck a cipher, I never duck a battle. Is only the only reason why I wouldn't jump right into a battle is because it could be a setup.
1: Has anything changed from you know having a demo shopping it to labels? Is the process the same, or is it easier or harder in 2019? How do you approach it differently? Uh,
0: I mean, you. <laughs> Honestly, with everything being digital, it's all about making the the smarter moves and investments. You know, like Best Buy isn't even selling CDs. Why do you need a major label
1: deal? But you've always had that attitude. I mean, you like I, I hate that label, but people said you are like a blogger rapper, and like you've always embraced message boards, blogging, and and the digital side. All
0: right. I mean, I I was the first hip hop blogger. Period. That's why. That's why I get you know. Kind of Rodney Dangerfield. is like there would be no Nah right. There would be no you heard that new. I mean, there wouldn't even be a Perez Hilton if it weren't for me blogging. And I'm talking about AOL hometown, AOL journals, straight from there to uh, Google Blogger. It got it got to the point where Lupe Fiasco started a blog and shouted his blog out on the cool. And the and the blog that was started was run by two females. Like I dead ass was like hip hop blogger like I I've I've gotten awards in English like journalism like I I know how to write I'm not that dumb so when it came time when it when all these blogs came out I just sat back like now look at the crabs on my dick who <laughs> did I
1: yeah, and even I remember Kanye had one like eight, eight, nine years ago. Yeah, so. like yeah.
0: yo, like the Kanye, like everybody had to look around, like okay, motherfucker, like who gave yeah. me that idea? Yeah. Like you know, I'm like, I mean, Kanye, he quoted uh, one of the bars in the in the me him and game cipher on Swagger like us. You know, he stole an idea of mine. I I, I said that on the record. I can't even take it back. But you know, Kanye, I, I can see my influence in Kanye West, but. I choose not to say too much about it because, you know, after a while, it ain't about talking.
1: I got I got a question about about him, if you don't mind, because I I know you like you said, you you know, the old Kanye. And when he says, man, you all want the real Kanye. Can you can you describe to me the brother you met back back in the day? And maybe you can identify some of his recent behavior and identify it because his his tweets loving Donald Trump. And I know as an activist, you want to give people political education. And Kanye is like the leader of a generation. He goes and caters to the audience, which I think is where he goes wrong. And when it comes to your career as an entertainer, I think you can speak on it. Like, what's your perspective on him using mental health as an excuse for his behavior after the fact?
0: When I met Kanye was he was sipping champagne with a white woman. So, I mean, he was already living 75 percent of the black American dream. I also, you know, I, I spit with him or whatever it is what it is, you know, like yo, you got skills or whatever. They kept cutting me off before I was about to go hand burglar. So I think the niggas know like I'm not I'm not to be slept on. And uh, I played some joints from the pink lava lamp for him and he was about to cry with his white woman. Oh wow. So, you know, I'm like like I do this, you know, please don't sleep. Like I I I, I might be guilty of giving Kanye more creative props than he really, you know, is worth but you know, you don't say you can't say nothing. That's the reason what shuts me up and what keep, what makes me keep my opinion of myself. Everybody of whom I have a low opinion or no opinion of because they are factually bullshit. Have more money documented than I do. So they're winning. So if I say, yo, you're a fucking faggot to either Kanye or anybody rapping or, or at all. All they got to say is I checked my bank account. I guess today was a good day you know so i, I damn like that's just the whole conversation down and i don't get offended when it comes to money talk but it, it, i i have put so much of myself out there creatively in in, in forums like this they can say something personal and then and then it's just like um it, it, wartime so i don't um i like i said i try not to speak on Kanye he's got his money you know he's a lot of A lot of people, including Kanye, have taken my format and have used it to make money. And I can't say nothing about it. You know, like either the music was free or they're choosing not to acknowledge it. But please be aware, Kanye West definitely did not put out that Turbo Graphic 16 album. Because you're like, you can you can do and say whatever you want, motherfucker. When it comes down to the gaming universe, we already know who put it the fuck down. Ah, uh,
1: hell oh yeah! <laughs> and yeah, I, I don't like equating people's self worth to their bank account either. I think that's that's corny. what,
0: but that's that's where you go wrong. Like that, that you have no choice in the music business. That's you have no choice but to do that. That's every business but, though. That's every business. I think no, no that you no, like, it's not like in the movie The Pursuit of Happiness proved that. Like when I was, you know, I had a conversation with some, with an executive not too long ago. And uh, somebody, one of the young kids from my old neighborhood was like, yo, I heard you couldn't smoke weed. I heard you signed the Interscope, but you couldn't smoke weed. I'm like, you're going to have to let your entire load go. I could do whatever I want on Interscope. I just didn't smoke weed with niggas that will probably scheme on me. Right. Like you. Not you, Marcello, but you know <laughs> what I'm saying? like." Right i got it like i don't what like i can do what i want like i before i signed i was it was the bidding war came down to warner brothers and interscope one of the representatives of warner brothers met me at the airport with a 50 of weed and a brand new ipod and then and then i met with interscope and interscope was like yo what do you want to do tonight like what you know what I'm saying? Like, I might be from the big city, but I stayed so much. I stayed to myself and those that used to roll with me. Like, we used to have the time of our lives, but we wasn't spending money. I didn't even sign it. When they said, this is what you don't understand. You got to let it go. This is what you don't understand. When someone says, what do you want to do tonight in L.A.? It's not, let's go get a drink. It's dead ass, what do you want to do tonight? And, it's, and dude was like, all right, look, let, let me, let me Let's roll. And we, dude, I went to a Marilyn Manson concert. Fucking got hammered. Like the Marilyn Manson, damn it, shouted me out on stage. And they're like, "All right, look, like Charles, we 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 heard you lit. Marilyn Manson wants to meet you, but it could get extremely lit. You You know what I'm saying? I'm like, yo, it is what it is. I, you know, I'm I'm chilling. I don't put me in a motherfucking studio. And the only reason why they didn't put me in a studio that night. Is because like who's gonna own the masters? I went ape shit. Like I dead ass had you know creative control. So you know I finished the album in record time. Jimmy said this is the best third album he's ever heard. Now make a debut, and the A and R is like okay. Basically, Jimmy just said you made a classic, but it's ahead of its time. Come on, Charles, let's go to some club, you know, and we'll listen to what they got. The fucking club was across the street from Interscope. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, please, won't you be my neighbor? You feel me? So I'm at a point where it's like, yo, I could have done all the things I could have done. My music is, was, and has to be greater than. And that's how hard I'm going. That's how and like that, that, that's my standard. You know, like if you know what goes into an Interscope album, understand why Hey, you might be able to change this song. You might be able to make it into some other shit. I will eat you alive in a face-to-face battle, homeboy. And, I, and the only other person I can't say that about is Eminem. The reason why I can't say that is because as I grow and evolve, M might drop an album every two or three years, but I get inspired to keep going. Because the hard part about being an artist, we have to translate what we actually think, feel, see, smell, taste into regular conversation. You won't get that, especially more successful artists. I'm not talking about people who have their entire product put together for them. I'm talking about people that actually like do this shit. Like, you know, she might be one of the most glamorous women to walk Earth of the 20th, 20th and 21st century, but like Gwen Stefani puts in a lot of work. Gwen Stefani went from being the lead singer of No Doubt, which is ironically a concept of the last 10, 11 years. But she went from doing that to making a extremely dark but glam debut album. And the album is so great, it went maybe gold or platinum, and then everyone just shut the fuck up about it. It's, it's too good. To make music, uh, yes, I make music at a high rate. I've been practicing and studying how to, dare I say, synthesize, yet maximize the... The output, you know what I'm saying? Like, like I I, I know
1: what I'm doing when it comes to music. You, you brought up Eminem as inspiration, and I think I know the answer to this, but I, I want to ask you anyway. He said that he's constantly chasing the Marshall Mathers LP. Are mm-hmm. you constantly chasing, like, the pink lava lamp, or you know that your best work is ahead of you?
0: I mean, first of all, I have to accept that there's nothing better than From the Desk Of, which is my first, 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 first album. So I got to accept that. Second, I have to accept that I set my own standard with Sober Karaoke, which is my second album. Third, I have to get people to understand, like, I know, like, when it came to the Pink Lava Lamp, was like, I I know it's a good album. Like, I'm not doing, I'm not stretching imagination or nothing. It's just, when it comes to the Pink Lava Lamp, there are traps, you know, it's like, it's damn near Dungeons and Dragons. You know what I'm saying? Like, Mm -hmm. you can offend me by telling me what song you like on the Pink Land. And the one thing that I want people, and like, I I let people know, like, okay, music is the only love. All right, I've been called a loser both playfully and you know seriously, but zero percent of these niggas could beat me in a battle, play the piano, or none of that. So that makes me feel good. You know who I was talking about when she's so high? Like we we uh, we can communicate. We don't have to. You know, but as fleeting as our conversation is a high. Again, what I want people to listen to is the pressure I put on myself, because as much as I may have rocked Grand Central Station before I made the pink lava lamp, I have not played the piano publicly better than at my mom's funeral. Does that mean I don't love my mother? Does that mean my 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 resentment towards my mother is publicizing great art. I can't answer that, but I can also say it was my mom's favorite song of mine. So if I know you can't see me on the keys or, or any of this, that that gives me license to be conceited. And, you know, my number one fan, even though she, she had her objection with my music, is no longer here. So I'm defending, like, I'm at war with everybody. Like, nah, be like, drop some shit. Or leave it alone, you know. Like it's it's a lot it's a lot more personal for me. I'm not chasing the pink lava lamp. I like I there's a black golden there's a black lava lamp, you know the golden lava lamp, you know. And and then like like I know how I did it. Well, the reason why I'm not so crazy about the pink lava lamp is because I, I damn near formulated it. like it's it's like a formula. There's no expect. it's it's like get rid of die trying and then the massacre. You can't say nothing bad about the massacre. All you can say is, it's just like get rich or die trying.
1: That's a great analogy. I get exactly what you're saying.
0: You, you feel me? So, like, I, it's like, why? Like this. If I had done five or six pink lava lambs and then Drake came out with shit, not only would I be blown out of the water, I'd be blown out of the water. You know what I'm saying? Like, Drake came with something new.
1: I hear you. You, you just talked about a lot of like pressure you put on yourself. And then I read that you finding out about the bipolar disorder was because of self negligence was the pressure you put on yourself kind of like, I'm going to be in my crib. I'm going to make beats from 7am to 10pm. I'm just going to make beats. I don't have to deal with this. Was that part of the pressure that you put on yourself to just be great all the time?
0: I mean, that should,
1: I don't know how that's not standard pressure for
0: any living thing. You know, yeah. like, I like
1: yeah.
0: you you dope, you dope. Like, if you spit, you spit. Just be prepared. Like, Rocky Balboa could fight. The nigga fought Apollo Creed. And both of them niggas fell. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Like, when it came time to fight Club Lang, like, Rocky wasn't talking too much shit, but Club Lang was and fucked him up. Right. You know what I'm saying? So, like, if, if that one slick talking motherfucker comes out and blacks. I want to be prepared, like, okay, wherever I'm at, creatively, lyrically, whatever, like, nah, you see me on the mic three rounds. Like, if it goes anywhere past that, it ain't even hip-hop. Like, that, that's literally bait. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I, that's not that. That's not necessary. Like, you don't want to teach kids, oh, you know, I, I'm doing this just so I can go fuck with, with these niggas over here. You know what I'm saying? Like, either you live a life of crime or your life will be a victim of a crime.
1: Yeah, and what I'm learning is like, especially with like labels, it's this vicious business of like lawyers and money, and it's hard to believe how much power a piece of paper has. And like if I'm doing the math, you get like 12 cents to the dollar, and then you got to pay producers, and they're just they're, – people are – they get into this loop of not looking at a legal team, or they call a lawyer to make sure the deal is right, and then – you, you just figure it out once the money's gone. Or maybe a person is so thirsty for a platform, they sell themselves short, and you can lose yourself. So I'm very happy to help promote and help you announce that you're starting a label. And I want everyone, after I give out this URL, you can speak to it, but I want everyone to go to GoFundMe.com slash F founding dash the dash sound. And he's currently taking donations and like you have the floor, man, I, I want to you finally have the credentials to found your own venture in the music business. And, you know, you had new co-records, you had Turn First Records, Interscope, Republic Records. Explain why your new established marketplace will be better.
0: Well, this is this is, this is it. Like it is an established marketplace. You got the pop world, which is, you know, uh what is it Five Seconds of Summer, um, Puffy Yami Yumi? Um, just like a whole house full of like names that, if mentioned in a household, the house will fall down. You know. And uh, you got the mainstream, which is uh, I guess Rick Ross. You know what I'm saying? Like basically people who are who are staples on MTV and BET and stuff. Um, then you got the underground, which is Madlib, Dilla, MF Doom, uh, Ninth Wonder, Little Brother, and them. And then there's my world. And that world is a marketplace because it's like, okay, like, same guy, same guy that got punched in the face. Same guy that was on World Star making Beat Naked. Same guy that battled this one, no. Nah, 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 nah. same guy with 300 product. Nah, 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 nah. A lot of people who I know, y'all know either through me or because of me. These people are celebrities in my world. You know, Skrill is a celebrity, Kesset is a celebrity, VS Diamond is a celebrity. My grandma, my my uncle, you know, rest in peace, mom, you know, these people are all celebrities. You will see them in my world. And there are things that once you meet them, you will understand once you're a part of my world. You can support me continuing to live. It's damn near like a ransom note. Like, you feel me? Like, <laughs> uh, help standard sound or the kid gets it, you know? <laughs> That, that's pretty much, you know, what it is, you know, and and, you know, I may have my objections to the alternative lifestyle, but I I know I, I have homosexual friends. I have lesbian friends, transgender. It's it it's almost like a Curtis Mayfield cartoon, you know, where he's like flying around a rainbow, but he's not gay. He's Curtis fucking Mayfield, you know. So that's that's what standard sound is like. Like what what Puffy Ami Yumi. Um, Backstreet Boys, Mad Lib, what they all have in common is a standard sound. That is what they complain about, but their complaints translate into "fuck the label, they're not giving me my money." Da 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 I have the standard sound, and I can work with whoever, whatever genre, no matter
1: how experimental on this experiment, on this sound. All right. So it's now that I have a better understanding. Was the was the Rita Aura single a rejuvenation for you or was that another attempt to make mainstream music, but this time trying to crack the code and make music where people are behind your decisions?
0: Well, I didn't have creative control for when I when I had the deal where I wrote the, the song new York Rain I didn't have creative control. So you know, I I wanna hear you out. It's a good song. You know, I just feel call me what it was for oh. completely missed the mark. And it wasn't for the Empire soundtrack. Like it, it was a genuine love song to someone I was involved with. And, you know, there was a conversation. Oh, Charles, you make great love songs. Can you make a love song? It's like, I'm tired of being in relationships and making I'm, I'm making love songs going public. And then people, oh, I love this song. Like, what happened to the girl? Like, fuck you, nigga. You know what happened. Like, shit, whack. Like, I, we broke up. Oh, you must have did something wrong. And, motherfucker, like, uh, you know, like, I, I, I shared this part. You feel me? Like, i that's what I share. So because I wrote this song and I, I expressed a lot of my feelings in it, I didn't expect it to be a single. So that's why, I, you know, there's a little bit of resentment because it's like, I did not expect a, a personal, like, you know what I'm saying? There's there's a lot of uh, idiosyncrasies. There There are a lot of quirks lyrically that only one person would understand. And it's like, you're putting this out there, like, but I can't, I can't say it's you. I can't say, you know, this song's about you. You're gonna get upset if I perform this song and go back, you know, to the hotel with a female. So fuck out of here! Like, why, like, why are we putting this out? Oh, you know, you're, you're playing the piano, you're rapping. It's like, okay, cool. Like, nigga, I could rap over ordinary people if if that was the case. Like, there's gotta be more. Like, I, because I didn't have creative control, there was very little I could do. You know, so was like, hey, you like the song? You want to
1: move it as a single? I don't have a choice but to go along with you. Well, they say you can either make your money or make someone happy, and not both. Do you believe that? As you get older, or, or as you draw more strength and belief in yourself, you're kind of aiming for both.
0: Well, there's New York raining.
1: <laughs> That's true.
0: you know, and 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 I don't need to remind anybody. I still have not gotten paid for New York raining.
1: Really? That's very wow.
0: I haven't gotten paid for New York raining, the Black Box, Hamilton, Charles. Or for being on the Empire soundtrack. Only got a publishing contract, which only deals with physical retail sales. So this is it. This is like,
1: I'm going to, this is like, I don't know. I'm just so excited. I can barely articulate. It's finally like after 10 years, like this is it. Like we're going to do this right. I'm going to get my due. I'm going to do this the right way. And I don't have to feel uncomfortable. Like it's like everything's lining up.
0: This is a a culmination of all skills of mine. Um, Both... Well, yeah, I guess you'd say newly acquired. Like, you know, I, I, I sit and I read, you know, and, you know, a combination of reading and, um,
1: you know, mastering music. I'm a ghetto scholar. This this platform, I feel it's designed after you get 10 years, people want to say that you're washed out or you can't do it again. But this platform, like podcasting, it's for people who played the game the way it's supposed to be and for me to honor. And I want to give you your flowers while you can smell them. I think you're a legend. Congrats on everything! I'm very excited for your future. Thank you very much. I, I had a, a, I did want to pick your brain on that, <laughs> on the new Sonic the Hedgehog film, the live action. What, what are your thoughts on that?
0: I mean, Sega is like, uh, Sega means the world to me, and Sonic is, like, I, 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 I can't put it in words. You know what I mean? Like, I, I. I don't want to be, you know, that the the fat comics book store guy from The Simpsons, and be like, you know, worst ever. You know what I'm saying? Like,
1: <laughs> not, I don't
0: want to do that. It's just, yeah. you know, I they they develop, you know, a Sonic story, and I develop my own Sonic story. You know, if you if you're following the story, um, Charles Hamilton died trying to be Sonic. Sonic died as Charles Hamilton, and Doctor Robotnik resurrected them both, and is doing like some robot chicken type shit. Mm-hmm. So you know, like that—that's where I'm at right now. Um, but as far as what Sega may do in the movie, I don't want to see Sonic hurt, so I—I yeah, I probably won't go see it. You know what I mean? Like I—I I think I first got suicidal when I accidentally killed Sonic in Casino Night. So you oh, know, yeah. so it's like, nah, man, I don't want to see Sonic hurt. I will have I will have nightmares if Jim Carrey is doing something to hurt Sonic, you know. Like I like I, you blame the mental disability. I will dead
1: ass believe that movie is real as fuck. All I know is Sega Africa needs to be a thing, and you need to be a part of
0: it. Yeah, you know, like I, I was breaking it down the other day. Like there's a Senegal, you know, uh, Ghana. Like th- these are all things that uh, speak. Pretty much with with Sega as the tongue, you know, like uh, you look at Senegal, like you're only a few letters away from Sega, <laughs> you know, and like Ghana is literally like the the assertiveness of Sega, which is the the hard G and the 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 soft A, continued as a people. So that's Ghana. You know what I'm saying? Like that's it's right. just fucking insane to me sega's affiliation unspoken damn near unnoticed with warner brothers uh being tanzania um kenya having the same uh vowel syllableage if if that's not a real word but like the same stress on syllables as sega kenya sega uh like i can do it all day if sega were to go to africa dare i say an uprising but a uh it'll boost the self-esteem of people who are not aware that they were slaves. This is what what Africans, what people need to learn about Africans. Modern-day Africans are not aware of slavery. Modern-day Africans are not aware of the pain they have gone through. We, as African Americans, owe that responsibility to Africans. Africans come to America nowadays, and because they are unaware of the social standing, they have a certain attitude. You understand so it's like dog you go to Africa and you explain what Africans have gone through in America you may see a spiritual uprising amongst people of color you may see a relinquishment of power amongst Caucasians you may see understanding amongst Asians you may see pride amongst Latins Mauritius is off the coast of Madagascar so Sega is right next door to Africa
1: Oh, this needs to happen But yeah, alright my dude, I, I appreciate your time uh, I did want to ask you to put your, your gift on display You want to you kick any bars?
0: Niggas one versus old and new Crazy how that line's disposable Yet I still read the index like one Get chin check, Windex wipe, son I've been this nice and I've been the nice one Pardon my rudeness, but I'm harder than music. Hard than my vocabulary would mean smart. Smart meaning a smart ass. Y'all gonna have to abuse it. Don't touch me. I'm so nice, I can walk around feeling like I'm so ugly and still make my point. Because it's ugly when you're beautiful and believe you're ugly. The usual. Same mind games of the lame mind that say I can't complain when I say I'm ready to rhyme. And I ain't get to say what I wanted to say, so I'm gonna need a blunt to the face to keep it on today. I ain't smashing MCs. I'm trying to be monogamous, but that's not obvious. If niggas rap, I'm the gift. Give it back. That's my shit. My punchline's either going over heads or your jaw's swollen and I'm my overhead right. Overhand. Don't do like J-Man. You might as well go to hula Poop it. Stupid. No one knows how exclusive this shit can get, so I started some new shit, which is... Not giving a fuck. The problem is, it's the hardest solution. When you say you heart, hard, be prepared to have the heart to back up that thought. When I say hard, I'm saying, wow, that's tough, that's rough, like, cool, with all that stuff. So I tell niggas to back up. You see me coming, I can see thee coming. Like, up and down, i not fuck around, Liu Kang, the fatality before you turn into the green thing. You sing... As in tell other niggas what this dude brings, it's time to get on the microphone. Dude, I can do this for another two minutes and then you spit, or sing, or forcing other niggas to step up when they say their poor thing is more singer-like, beautiful, and I need to pipe. Mario, the usual, do it though. 48 minutes in, I done dropped a lot of jewels and no chain around my neck. Then again, if I go back to the game, that'd be exactly what I need, which is lame. Like the people who say they need to spit and need a reason to be with the kid when he's spitting on weed. How is it lame? Because they hurt like big. Frank Thomas, you heard my shit.
1: Ooh, dropping jewels without a chain around your neck. (laughs) Hey, uh, the legend Charles Hamilton, thanks so much for being here and for gifting my platform with your wisdom and your time. I really appreciate it. Bless you, bless you.